Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and event consultant, Toby Dodge, author of The Other Side of the Aisle, and Eric Zimmerman, DJ, Master of Ceremonies, pianist and band leader of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Checklists for Rescheduling a Wedding. Wedding and Event Podcast, Episode 57. When planning a wedding, each item purchased, each service secured, is carefully chosen. Invitations have already been sent and guests are confirmed. Then, you find out that due to some factor beyond your control, you need to reschedule your wedding. Recently, there are many couples in the middle of this nightmare. Thankfully, this doesn't happen often. In listening to this podcast, the main thing that stood out for me was how experienced and knowledgeable Toby Dodge is, and that you would want no one less qualified representing you when you need to reschedule your wedding. Years of experience has graced her with a certain poise and level-headed calm that is certainly needed in such a situation. You're welcome to download your PDF copy of Checklist for Rescheduling a Wedding on the Wedding and Event Podcast website. And now please enjoy Checklist for Rescheduling a Wedding, Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 57. I'm happy that you sent the idea of what to talk about when you have to postpone a wedding. You know, it sounds obvious. Well, call the people and tell them that you can't have the wedding. A situation where the couple has to call everybody instead of relying on a planner to do that in concert with them. And I say in concert because you have to discuss things. You know, and many times there's so many, as we've talked mm-hmm. about, so many different ranges in service levels, you have to make sure before you hire someone to really sit down and find out what they can help you on and what they can't help you on. And as a planner or coordinator or a day of facilitator, these are all important things to know ahead of time. However, Our natures are such that as event professionals, we're in a service-oriented industry, so we want to help. It's our natures to make things right for people. That's right. When I have had clients that had to postpone a wedding for many reasons, I mean, the most obvious we would think about is, well, someone broke up with me. They left me. They decided not to marry. You have to call and tell people. However, time is so important in this issue because many contracts have time frames where you have to sign by a certain date, give a proposal by a certain date, a response. Sure. You have first payment. Some some services, especially if they're smaller, have a you know a fifty percent deposit. While as if you have a large contract like a food and beverage contract or a facility contract, 
you will have a smaller percentage at the beginning and throughout the period of time prior to the wedding date, there'll be certain amounts that are due at a certain time. And then, of course, it, you know, depends on on the site and what you've agreed to and the service. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge is that event, special events and weddings in particular are unique and different. Each oh. one is different. Yes. And the contract might seem basic. Right. But we're not talking about buying a box of nails here, you know? <laughs> we're we're talking about talent and service people. And I think the hardest for couples to receive is the word that their location for whatever reason is no longer available. Mm-hmm. Because that is oftentimes, and especially if they have food and beverage facilities there, that is the biggest cost and responsibility on both sides. Mm-hmm. Now, wedding shirt insurance is great, but it doesn't cover everything. And that's another issue. I know I'm aware of a couple of, of, uh, wedding insurance companies. I know WedSafe is very popular here in California. And many of the policies do cover, you know, illness or on some weather when something is rained out and it wasn't possible to have a tent or other things. Um, There are certain conditions, depending on how they're met, that WedSafe and other companies cover it. You know, I I can't give you specifics because I haven't seen one of their contracts recently, but the purpose of me mentioning it is the best thing you can do is to really read the contracts, any agreement, and if you have a planner or a coordinator to review that, allow them to review the contracts before you sign them. In, in a former episode, we talked about me having a lawyer for a client and she wrote me and we talked on the phone and she said, I'm not going to sign this. I wouldn't tell my client to sign this, you know, (laughs) and she just got, you know, really upset. I mean, her voice went about two octaves above her normal voice. And I, I said to her, I agree. And most of the contracts you're going to read, you're going to want to alter. And I'm going to tell you that most of the time, People are going to listen to you. They really are going to consider what you're going to say to them. However, when you're dealing with a corporation that owns the location or a private club, uh, they have their rules and regs too. Right. And the, the most important thing for people to realize 
in any postponement or in any arrangement that you might have to make, we all are looking after our own best interests. But what we can't anticipate is that some of the locations, especially if they're private um, club or, or location, they have a board. It's not just one person that might make the decision. Right. And in the case of a corporation, it's backed by many lawyers. Sure. So <laughs> your best bet is to realize that the rules and regs that are down as far as dates and commitments are there not only for the protection of the location, but in a strange way are there for you as a client as well. And what I mean by that is if you're taking it seriously, those are signals for you. If you adopt the attitude that I'm going to pay attention to all of the, the time limits and all, that not only helps me with my budget, but it helps me in making decisions oh, yeah. on, you know, how many people should we have given what has changed or happened in the world. So here you are now in a situation where there are clauses that, you know, say a force majeure, you know, something that happens that you cannot control. And so I would hope now that all parties in this situation would do their best to say, Ollie, Ollie, Oxen free. <laughs> I, I never knew what that quite meant, actually. I don't I, either, but it's a good. <laughs> It's something to yell once in a while in a crowded it's, room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, you know, no one gets hurt. We're all free. Oh, I see. <laughs> you I can't see. tag me out. I you see. Know. Oh, I think right. that's what it means. I could be totally wrong. And that's going way back too many years <laughs> to, to figure that out. But what I really mean is no fault. Hmm. You know. And you you have a no-fault situation where this is a difficult one. Let's say you've put down $5,000 as a deposit on a location that has built-in food and beverage. You are just past the date of when the second uh, deposit was due. And let's say the next one was $8,000. Okay. And that's generally, they usually can go up. Mm -hmm. In other words, as you get closer, you have a larger balance, at, mm -hmm. you know, let's say 50% or 30%. You would think that it would be fair to say, okay, since that date just passed and you just paid, you know, the 8,000, it would be returned. 
But what do you do about the 5,000 that was put down six, eight, ten months in advance? Hmm. What do you do then? And I'm not a lawyer, but I would, I would hope that if a lawyer could review it for you, you know, it might be worth it to get a, a legal opinion on that first deposit mm-hmm. that was made so many months ago. And to see if there is a way to receive all of it or part of it back. Mm-hmm. Because no other event could happen anyway because of what we're experiencing now. It's not a matter of a different client not having had a chance to take that space. So the real issue is, even though the deposit or retainer for services is non-refundable, technically deposits are refundable, even if it says it isn't. Many lawyers have told me that. If you use the word retainer, that's a little stronger and that's harder to convince a judge that you are, if you're a client, you deserve that deposit back. I think there are legal ways to determine that, of course. Hmm. I'm just saying it's a stronger word and lawyers um, have told me that. So then I guess the first step when you realize that you do need to reschedule a wedding Mm -hmm. or put a retainer on a location for a Mm -hmm. anniversary event to look over the, what you've already committed to and, and read the fine print. And I guess it would be good practice to have done that already. So you know what you're in for. I know that this activity of weddings and life celebrations and these types of rites of passage as we go through life are are creative. They're fun. They're they're very very far from this uh, legal aspect of things. I would understand why a couple would not know what they've agreed to. I'm very not legal. <laughs> What I mean by that is that I just uninformed. Want, I no, well, I just want to give the client the opportunity to work that mm-hmm. we work together, and we have fun doing it, and it's a great outcome, and that's the experience of working with Elegant Music. However, I have had to implement certain things like not calling it a deposit, but calling it a down payment, mm-hmm. and that the down payment is a non-refundable thing. Now, I have the option of looking at the situation and going, all right, and we're going to honor that down payment towards a new date if it fits in our schedule and this type of thing. We want to help. And you're right. We're in this business because we want to help. This is a service-oriented business. 
we would be lawyers if we didn't <laughs> want to help. No, no, no. And not, not to say that, I, just that lawyers do help. There are, there are good people who are lawyers. Uh, anyway. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the first thing would be to realize, okay, we've got to change this date. And now we've looked over the contracts and looked over what our position is with these previous agreements. And then I guess the next step would be to now contact everybody who you've engaged and get a get their take on it, I guess. And you already know where you stand legally or, or contractually, but yeah, then see hopefully. see where they're where they're at. Okay. And then once you know that you still don't have a, a future date or you still don't have a... Well, you bring up a very good point because in the case of a wedding, you not only have the ceremony, you have the reception. And if they're in the same place, well, at least you're dealing with one entity. But if you have a separate location for the ceremony and the reception, then it's twofold. You have to find out whether it's a religious location or not, but you have to find out what the rules and regs are for for changing a date sure. and for the reception. One thing you mentioned that I think is very important is how much slack do you have in order to be able to help someone? You as an individual entertainer and musician and MC, you also take care to book other musicians within your organization. So you have responsibilities there too. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's, we have to mention that because we're, that is, you know, if you can, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am putting you on the spot. If a couple came to you and said, look, we can't obviously have our our wedding now, and we found out from the location that there is an opening in the last weekend in November, because we think that's a safe amount of time mm-hmm. that we'll be able to have our wedding but our wedding is going to be half the size and we have to take a smaller room because that's all that is available at that same location. And so our deposit for the location is going to be transferred to that date. Can you do the same thing? I think the, point that you're bringing up that pertains to me or Mm -hmm. to a vendor who has to hire other vendors to do the activity with them. Okay. For instance, you've hired a quartet Mm -hmm. and Sheila and I are part of the quartet. And then we have two other players who are going to make, make the whole quartet. It's easy for Sheila and I to cut 
slack and to allow mm -hmm. somebody freedom mm -hmm. to get through a difficult situation. However, if I've committed troops, if I've committed <laughs> these other people, mm -hmm. and it's a very, very close by, this date is very close by, and then this new date that they have, maybe this person's already booked at that, at that other date or... No, they haven't booked, but, but no, no, no. They... I mean, I mean these other musicians. Oh, the other musicians, yeah. So there's a little bit of working out that we have to do. My main concern is I have to take care of my people that I that I've worked with for many, many years, and they're all really good people, and they're all really willing to help. Mm-hmm. So this is really not a problem for me to get their cooperation for certain things. But in this particular instant, what would you do? And let me give you some dates, because I think it'll be helpful to our listeners uh -huh. to understand where the cutoffs are and all that. If you have held that deposit for six months mm -hmm. and the wedding is now five months away mm -hmm. okay we're in march november right is that five months something like that. whatever eight months away okay so let's say they hired you four months so a year ahead okay they've hired you about a good four months ago i'm sorry this is hard of uh, four months ago and so you've held the the deposit for four months and they come to you and obviously say, we have to postpone our wedding. Right. But we think we can do it in November. But we're trying to talk to everyone before we put you know, money down. Because if we can't get our services to postpone and have it on that day and take their down payment, as you said, move it for that wedding uh -huh. at another date, we may not be able to have our wedding because we need that money in order to have that wedding. And they're going to say it in any one which way or other. Right. That's what they're really getting across to you. Yeah. Now you're on the hot seat. What are you going to do? All right. That would be no problem for us to be able to reschedule that because there's so much time involved. Mm -hmm. The scenario that I am concerned with is if something is happening next week or in two weeks or mm -hmm. in, yeah, probably- A short amount of time. A short amount of time, then I've got the situation with, with the other players. And, and have, I, have I told the players, hey, look, guys, sorry, no gig. Yes, I've done that. And like I said, I've, I've worked uh, with many of these people for over 20 years, 25 years. Right. So there's a relationship there and they understand and I I don't do this to them often <laughs> or at all. Yeah. Um, and that if, if an unusual situation comes up, yes, then we have some wiggle room, you know. Sometimes I get into a discussion with a, a bride where they want a discount and I say, look, when I'm hiring other musicians, I can't give a discount putting other musicians there. Maybe if you want to, if I'm going to be the DJ and then you want me to play solo piano, yeah, I can, 
I can wiggle a little bit on the price of the solo piano. Because it's just it. you. Because it's just me, or it's Sheila and I. Mm-hmm. It's just us. That's where you, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback something that you were focusing on. I think it is a time limit, and I think you made a very good point. When something is coming up very shortly, I've had uh, cancellations within two months. In my view, that's very close, and it's very hard to find another client within that time. Now, for some levels of service, that may not be difficult. Right. If, if some people wait to 60 days out to get a wedding day facilitator or a dessert table or, or something that, you know, is specific that you're buying a, for specific issues and it, there's no breadth of a, assistance uh, that is needed. That has happened where I was technically a small package that included the wedding day, the rehearsal, the final follow-up calls, a a timeline and an initial meeting uh, that's in also a Mm walkthrough to know what they wanted on the day of. That was my smallest package. And that may not be someone else's smallest package, but that was my smallest package. But because of the property I had to have at least one and sometimes two assistants because of load in, load out, the span of time Mm -hmm. that it was physically impossible for one person to be in two places on that property. So I felt they needed to be paid. So I told the client that in fairness, they need to be paid. I will return anything that would have been for me personally, but they need to be paid. And for them, if they were earning $30 an hour, it's $180 each. That's $360 had to go to them. Mm -hmm. And then I would return the rest. Fortunately, that didn't happen very often, but I felt never happens. This is such an unusual situation we find ourselves in. But when you have a a long career, these things are bound to happen at some time. The the fires, you know, the yeah, earthquakes. uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds of reasons these happen, and maybe this is a good time to really clarify in all of our heads and hearts what we would do. Under these circumstances. Yeah. Well, in my neighborhood anyway, Martians have not landed. <laughs> so I think it's okay to assume that that doesn't have we to be. We can make friends. We can make friends. That's right. <laughs> they, yeah. So I'm thinking that we shouldn't overreact and, and create right. a contract that is 14 pages long with all yes. kinds of fine print. Yes. Two people, they agree to something, and let's just make that agreement work. And though conditions might change, we still want to help. Well, you make such a good point here. Uh, For many years, 
my letters of agreement were very simple. And in, in some corners of the world, they might say naive on my part. And I get that. I really get that. And I know that things have changed and electronic works and and all kinds of life has changed in some way. And I agree with you because sometimes when you become so careful and so specific, you kind of invite someone looking at it and also being very picky. I think the most important thing is to expect the best and to support that, as you're saying, that two people or a couple and the the business just talk through, right? You know what's important, and and you know if something should happen. That's why you would hope that wedding insurance or having a plan B and C needs to be discussed. I always had a plan B and C. (laughs) Sometimes I got to E because you had weather that changed things and made it impossible, you know, for you to carry things out the way you had intended. All this discussion about contracts and force majeure and acts of God, and we can't control them. What it really comes down to is trust. Trusting each other in making that initial agreement and believing that each party will act in good faith. I mean, we all have met people and say, well, I really, you know, I got to pay for my daughter's college and, you know, tuition is coming up and, you know, we have whatever else is coming and you meet someone or a client and you say, oh, they're not exactly a great fit, but the opportunity, the place, the situation, you really want to. You like them. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. The thing that happens to me is that I wind up falling in love with this couple's. Well, that's the way you want it to be. But have you ever taken a a job when you said, oh boy, I don't know about this one? Well, okay. That's where, that's another discussion. I know. So all I'm saying is, I believe this all boils down to trust. That's right. And if you are comfortable with them and you can see yourself spending time with them and the first impression, at least, you get from them is that they're honorable people and will stand by their word. Yeah, and you like them. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Liking is important. Yeah. It really is. We've realized that we have to change the date. We've looked over what we've agreed to. We've contacted the vendors and, and the location and the people in, involved in all this. Now we know exactly where we stand. We've got people who want to work with us. 
there are certain open dates that are there in the future. What else is there? What else is the well to get everything? You have to get everything in writing. In other words, any ideas or proposals you have for negotiations needs to be in writing. Okay, so now a new agreement or at least an addendum to Mm -hmm. what was already agreed should be drafted. Signed by all, yeah. Okay, good. Now what's the next step? Well, the next, well, you have to talk to all of the vendors. Uh, In other words, if you're a couple, to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Good, good. So then you've done that. Now, and if that they're point, not, because uh-huh. there may be get, one or two, then you got a couple of holdouts, or you got a couple of things like this, and you got to deal with them, right? However, you right. got to deal with them. And then the next thing is you have to let all of your guests know, okay? Because if it's close, and you've all, when I mean by close, uh, two or three months out, and you've already sent your invitations, you're going to have okay. to do that. And yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be for it doesn't matter what the reason is. In other words, I've had lots of weddings change over a course of years because the the government in some fashion, a city ordinance changed and they can't have music outside in a certain place beyond a certain hour. And that messes up the whole plan. No joke. It actually happened. It doesn't have to be a national emergency to mess up a wedding or any event. You know, there was a a couple that we had met. I believe they were recommended to us. And we talked and we worked things out. And then they said, well, here is our date. You know, and we said, you know, we're, we're already working on that Saturday. We're not personally Uh available to do this. Do you know, do you know that they changed their date to the the next day to Sunday? Uh, For for us, for us. I know. Yeah. (laughs) It only, it only happened a few times for me. I can tell you in, (laughs) in almost 30 years, but once in a blue moon, you know, look, your music is important. And they obviously, connected emotionally darling couple just yeah and it just it was what they wanted it was the if you will the centerpiece of of their wedding but i can see that moving a celebration like a wedding to another date is a logistical nightmare it i guess it doesn't have to be hard if everybody who is already agreed to do the event has the next day available and the location and everything is all set and you go okay and then you could you have to make all those phone calls anyway you have to go through all those steps anyway sure sure well i'll tell you uh sometimes when you do have a very intricate wedding or one that has involved a lot of production Uh meaning especially for the florist and designer let's say in one case uh, I had a wedding that linens were made for that wedding. Oh, they, really? Yes, it was a special order. And fortunately, that you know, we didn't have to postpone the wedding. However, 
at the time, and this is important, when you're signing an agreement, when something is being made for you, a special order, you bought it. Right. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and unless, unless for some reason they find somebody who would like exactly what you have ordered, you know, uh, then you'll get your money back, let's say within six months or a year. But generally speaking, when you order, you bought it. Now, when it comes to flowers, here's an interesting situation. Let's say the wedding is a few months away and a health crisis breaks out and it's clear that you cannot have the wedding. What do you do then? Well, you'd say, well, it's three months out. Uh-uh. You have chosen flowers that have had to be imported because your flowers are not in season here in the United States. So what do you do then? So you're saying that when you make the order that they planted the seeds and these things are starting to grow and now they're coming. Nope. That's no, not what I'm saying. That's not what you're saying. They have to be flown in. Oh, yes. From South America. Yes. Guess what? They're not flying to do something like that now. Oh, I see. Okay? In, in this situation, we don't, in, we don't in import a cr- plants. In health cr- right. And the, the, the order had to be placed at least three months prior to the wedding. And in some cases, florists, uh, floral designers will six months out place orders with growers with growers yeah well that because they they want to make you're right you're very true you have to plant plant well let's put it this way some years you have bad rains and the weather comes in and so you have to give notice to growers far in advance so that they can plant enough so if so, if the weather's bad, they'll still have enough to draw from. I remember being in a florist shop on a delivery day. And the roses came in and they didn't look so good. The outer petals were kind of brown and whatever. Oof. So it it was just what was available. It wasn't that somebody didn't take care, but it wasn't such a great year. And that particular color and type of rose, there wasn't much left. And they just got what they got. And so that's why in contracts, most planners and designers, florists, will tell you, understand that in most contracts, and if, by the way, if I didn't see that written in, I asked the, the planner, I mean, the uh, designer to put it in their contract or letter of agreement because I knew if it was, if we had bad weather and they were so particular, the client, that's really the issue here that they had a specific vision. And if that vision didn't come through, they would be so, you know, concerned. 
that I asked them, I said, look, for everybody's benefit, please put in a phrase that you will substitute as close as you can in color, texture, and style if you can't, if something happens. Mm-hmm. Because I just, you know, what do you do with tulips? I mean, tulips are such a specific type of blossom, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, every flower is different, but some are more unique in their physicality, let's say, or structure. So that can be a big difference to someone who wants a very minimalistic and architectural style versus something that is softer and fuller and more organic in structure. So... I'm talking to both planners, designers, and potential clients for them to realize that when you see something like that in a contract, it's not only to protect the florist personally, it's to protect the client so they're realistic and understand that they may be charged extra to guarantee a specific blossom, or they may realize if they don't want to pay extra for that, that it's okay, but you have to be open to a substitute. Well, all right. You know? All right. So, all right. So, Anything else to this sequence of you find out you need to do the move the date? I guess simultaneously you would be looking at other dates or at least. Well, you, you have to check with your family too. Yes. And, and close relatives because there may be other events happening that would clash with the next date. I can there see. may be religious holidays that you're not able to get married uh, during a specific time. Okay. So uh, there's, there's a lot of things to consider, but I think what you're really saying is, you know, if you had to make a list from A to Z, yeah. what do you do first? And I think the very first thing is to talk to your family, families and figure out, you know, do you want to postpone it? Do you want to have a civil ceremony that's very small, you know, um, as best you can? Because many, uh, in our case now, many officiates and and ministers and rabbis and and other, you know, even friends who now con- conduct a ceremony, as long as they are deputized to do that. They can be six feet apart from each other in a specific location. So there are ways to do that if someone wanted to get married. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to discuss with family and between the couple if it's important for them. You know, it would be, I, I, I understand that planning a wedding in general, I think for everybody, 
Yeah. It's a big deal. And that emotions can run high. And that given a a situation such as what we're experiencing could heighten that reaction. So a thought came to my mind would be that the couple should put together as much information as possible before contacting the overreactive parents or the overreactive family. Oh, they always should talk first, yeah, between each other. Between each other, read the contracts, get a hold of the vendors, find out what the options are as best as they can, and then go to the family, make the announcement, we can't do this right now. The option is is for us to have a, a small civil service and 25 people at a restaurant and bam, we or, or in the backyard and we bam it out and that would be that. And then later on towards October, we'll have a, a big event. Or next event. year. Or next even. year, we have a big event. Yeah. Something like I, that. I think you know, God willing, next year will be a wonderful year. Well, 2020 and... was supposed to be such a great... Uh, <laughs> I know, I you know. know. Yeah. In fact, I have a, I have a, a, a wedding on, yeah. on July, excuse me, June 20th, yeah. 2020. And, oh. they're, and they're looking at possibly moving it. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, I have another wedding also on that date. And they're... Sending me a down payment and moving forward. I also had a a brand new call from a from a woman whose uh, daughter is getting married at the. Well, I won't I won't say where, but the the date is coming up in December uh, in uh, in September, mm-hmm. and this is what she said. She said, "We're just going for it." It's in September. We're just going for it. If you don't plan, then you don't have a plan. That's true. And I said, may I quote you? That's what I asked her. I said, may I? That was great. And she says, sure, you could quote me. And by the way, if, if you need toilet paper, come to my house. That's what she said. She was so, so light about it. She was so yeah. creative yeah. about it. Yeah. And matter of fact about this. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage everyone to keep going don't be stopped remain creative i think that this downtime so to speak you know might give us even more opportunity to be creative and to really hone what the Mm -hmm. message of the event is and really hone the design of the event and really oh gosh we can get into all kinds of cool things very creative things if anything this uh six foot social distancing or this uh school being out and and can't see friends and by by the way i just want to say is that i live in altadena in west altadena Mm -hmm. right next to the arroyo seco river oh there's a park or or trail beautiful beautiful trail that goes up into the mountains and, and this type of thing and as isolated as this neighborhood is it becomes a bit of a destination on the weekends yeah. And sometimes I don't have parking in front of my house just because of the people who come. <laughs> well, yeah. this past weekend, this past Sunday, yeah. the 
the weather was absolutely gorgeous earlier in the day. Yeah, it was. And there are several places where people can get onto the trail that go up there. And my neighborhood was mobbed. There were tons of people, and they're all out walking. They've got their dogs. They've got their bikes. They've got their... Were they six feet away from each other, I well, hope? Well, you know, I don't think anybody was out there with a ruler. But <laughs> it was great to see all these smiling people. Yeah. And they were all saying hello. And I figured, all right, you know, life goes on. I guess Well, the thing something that similar happened with us. You know, I live with Bill on a hill. We overlook the San Fernando Valley. What interestingly happened, we had about three or four families walking. It was really nice being able to be outside with the weather being good, being able to talk to neighbors. It, it was very reassuring. Yes. It really was. We need that. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the whole point. We have to stay connected. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email. Eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email. Toby at tobydodge.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at tobydodge.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.